name. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Woo. Yeah. Is God awesome or what? He's amazing. So blessed. So great to be with you. Our youth are heading back there with Miss Ruthie. She's going to lead you downstairs and take care of y'all. So she's right back there by the double doors if you're part of the youth. Do you spend at least five minutes a day, at least five days last week, reading or listening to God's Word? If you did, say yes. yes. Asking you at the campus as well. We're listening. <laughs> Come on. Did you spend some time alone with God this week with no agenda? Yes. You should have spent some time with Him alone with an agenda this week. Yes. Right? Yes. All right. Did you hear from Him? Yes. I'm super excited about what God's doing. I am. Are you giving as God has asked you to give in your time, your talents, and your resources? Yes. Did, Jesus, did you share Jesus with someone this week? Yes. You didn't have to wait till after you got a name, you know. You should have been sharing that with everybody the Holy Spirit nudges you for. But we'll talk about that name in a little bit. Did you invite someone to church with you today? Yes. All right, let's just see what God's doing here in Matthew chapter 7, one of the most challenging verses you will read in the Bible. It is. You ready to hear it? You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow. And the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Ah, all that excitement from that music, we just lost it. Yeah, I didn't hear a whole lot of shouting and clapping and praising God for that, but it's the truth. And the reality is, as we look in God's word today and what he is saying to us in this moment, see, it's like, hey, this isn't a game. This isn't like just doing your religious activity for the week. We're not scoring points with God and having him check a box for us so that we're okay. See, Jesus is calling us and telling us, like, look, I, I'm asking you to surrender your life. This is a call to say yes to Jesus, not just in this moment, but a call to say yes to Jesus for the rest of your life all the way into eternity. It's the beginning point, right? That's what he's telling us. And he's like, look, I want you to know Peter's not at the gate, even though a lot of people think that, right? Oh, I'm going to talk to Peter when I know he's not there. No. Nope. There's only one way you're getting in, and it's that one gate. There's not a bunch of heaven. There's one. And the only way we're getting in that is through Jesus Christ, period, and what we do with him. And so, so as I read this verse, it's not to scare us, church. The verse is not, well, it should put a holy fear in us, but it's not to make us like afraid of God, but rather this verse is uh, for us to kind of realize that we need to grow deeper, healthier stronger, and more passionate about our relationship with them. This isn't a casual relationship. If you treat a relationship casually, you will not have a relationship for long. Come on, like seriously, you know that, right? I mean, this is some helpful advice for all of you seeking a relationship, okay? If you're casual about it, it ain't happening. That doesn't mean stalk them. I'm not giving you permission to do that, so don't get all freaked out. All right, but if you're not passionate about it, see, I pursued Kim when we were dating to the point where I knew she could not live without me. (laughs) 
took almost four years, but she finally learned. She can't do it. No, we were just kids, that's why. She, <laughs> she was 15 and I was 16 when I started pursuing her. Yeah, no, seriously, it's crazy, isn't it? But she finally realized she couldn't live without me. I want you to know that you have to be passionate about this relationship. This relationship with Jesus. I'm not saying you have to be charismatic about it. Be your own personality as Jesus transforms you, because some of us need a new trans, uh, personality as well, but let's let God do that. Uh, so as we're moving along here, though, it's like I want to be who Jesus died to make me. Not who I've made myself, not who cultures made me, not who my family made me, who Jesus died to make me. And God has died to make me passionate about this relationship with Jesus Christ. And we have to be. See, it's not, we have to know that we're saved, not hope we're saved. Come on, church, we can't just hope we make it. If you're just hoping, you're missing something. Because the Word of God tells us that the Holy Spirit affirms that we're a child of God. That's a fact. The Holy Spirit says you are. And if you are, you are. And if you're not, you're not. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder about this thing. Like, we're not waiting to the finish line to say, did I make it or not? No, it's right here, right now that we can know that. And that walk with God is there. And it's critically important when we hear the words of Jesus. It's a narrow gate. There's only one, so let's just say all the doors in the building are closed and everybody's going out one way, right? That's the deal right there. Church, it's his way, not our way. So we have to know we're right with God. Here's what Jesus continues saying right there in those verses. These are some of the more challenging verses you will read in your life in Matthew 7. Here's what he goes on to say. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven only those who actually do the will of the Father in heaven will enter. All right, so I'm not wanting to get stuck here, but I'm going to get stuck here for a moment because you see, a few weeks back, God talked to us about the difference between saving belief and non-saving belief. There's belief on both sides. The devil and demons believe in God, believe in Jesus, believe he died, believe he rose, believe he ascended to the Father, believe the Holy Spirit came, believe he's coming again. So they believe everything Christians believe, but they're not saved. And see, when we read the scriptures in James, it's telling us this because he's like, there's got to be more to your belief than just saying, I believe. And so when we read this and we look at this, we're talking about people in the end when we're at the gate and we're standing there saying, Lord, Lord. And he's like, I don't know who you're talking to. Like, oh no, we did a whole bunch of stuff in your name. We did a lot of God activity. I don't know who you are. Okay, that's, like, church, that's kind of scary, isn't it? But it doesn't have to be. There's a healthy fear of God that we need, a healthy respect of God we need, but there's an assurance of God that we can have so that we know that we know that when that day comes, he's going to be, come here, I know you. Hey, y'all, get out of the way. Let him in. Yeah. You know, as we're looking at then, he's like, here's the key to it all. Did you hear that? He said, not those that are just saying, Lord, Lord but the ones that are doing the will of the Father will enter. Oh, man. That will thing has to get in there, doesn't it? The will of the Father, not Dave's will, not the church's will, not grandma's will, not my spouse's will, not my hopeful spouse's will. God's will. That requires the complete surrender of myself. Because, you see, we've all been born with a will. 
It's that free choice that we've been given. And that will wants to run things and make decisions on our own. See, Jesus said this, on Judgment Day, I'm going to continue reading those scriptures. On Judgment Day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, perform many miracles in your name, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. So again, we're looking at this, and Jesus is like, like if you don't do the will of the Father, it doesn't matter what other activity is going on in your life. You can be doing miracles. I mean, no, I'm not asking for anyone to respond to this. Okay, don't. But I mean... There's not a lot of miracles happening today. And yet we're talking about people that have had miracles happen through them because they've used the name of Jesus. Did you hear that? So they've used, see, the name of Jesus is powerful. And so he acknowledges that things are going to happen. Even demons will be cast out in his name by people that don't even know him. Read Acts, and you'll see that was happening in the Bible days as well. So it's like, well, you know, there's something more to this Jesus thing than just saying, I believe, or I made a, I did the sinner's prayer. Not that I'm against that. Stay with me. See, what I'm talking about is there's something more to this relationship with Jesus Christ than the nonchalant spirituality that many are led to believe in the church. When we look at what Jesus says, it's important for us to see this and understand He's calling us to something more. The surrender of my will to the will of the Father. To trust him in what he is saying to me and then act in obedience. You knew that was coming, right? Surrender, trust, and obey. As we do what God is calling us to do. See, when I look at God's will over my will, um, when I was a kid in church, the big thing that pastors would say and use is, you know, uh, being called to Africa as a missionary because it was like, I don't mean this wrong, but nobody wants to go to Africa and leave everything they know and live in a place that has none of the benefits that we have here, right? I mean, not that all of Africa doesn't have that, you understand, but the missionary mindset was you're going out into that dry desert region and living in a hut to reach those people for Jesus. Now, some people are called for that, and that's great. But see, when it was put across the church, I heard it all the time as a kid. You know, and then it's like, oh, God, would I do that for you? Of course, you know I, I would. <laughs> okay, so a lot of times when we're talking about doing God's will over our will, we're always looking at big things. What kind of a life change is God calling me into in a sense of some people, but I was called from Michigan to come here, right? So this was my Africa because I didn't want to come. All right. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's those big things, but see, it's not just in the big things. We're looking for the will of the Father in everything. And we're much more open on the big things. Like, if we're looking for a big decision, we want God's will, and we ought to. I mean, come on, we're supposed to be Christians, right? So we should want to know the will of God. But see, this is the problem is, is that we seek God on the big things, but we're not even talking to God about life things. We're not seeking the will of God in small areas of our life. Okay, you know people are extremists, so let me just... I don't think when you go to In-N-Out Burger later today, you just stand at the cash register and say, God, should I buy cheese on it or not? No. 
You shouldn't, all right? It's fake anyway. But anyway, all right, so I'm saying like, God, we want to know your will in our life. What is it? All right, so let's see. God spoke to the prophet Micah, one of those smaller prophets in the Old Testament to his people, and Micah was a a prophet that spoke to both the nation of Israel and Judah. By this time, the nation had already split. It was all messed up. They weren't following God. And so he is speaking to the nation of Israel in this message. So those were the 10 tribes that had separated from Judah. And so when he speaks to them, he's warning them about the judgment of God that is coming and that God was going to use the Assyrians to destroy them which actually took place in 722 B.C. If you look in history, and you will know that the nation of Israel never reformed. Now, the current nation of Israel is Judah, just to be clear as you look at things. But that section of people in the north that was in those days called Israel, they were done. (laughs) He warned of Judah that God's judgment was coming on them as well, and it did. 604, 605 B.C., uh, Babylon laid siege against it. 586, 87, completely destroyed that and the temple. Let's go on and see what Micah's doing. Just wanted to give you some history that this man of God spoke God's truth, and he gave the message God asked him to give, and is always true in all of God's messages, there was both fear and hope. (laughs) Judgment or redemption. It's always there. And every time it depends upon how the people choose to respond. They can act in obedience, surrender, trust, and obey to the message, or they can continue doing their own thing and reject the message even while they're hearing it. So let's hear it in Micah chapter 6. Listen to what the Lord is saying. Stand up and state your case against me. Let the mountains and hills be called to witness your complaints. And now, O mountains, listen to the Lord's complaint. He has a case against his people. He will bring charges against Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? What have I done to make you tired of me? Answer me. For I brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from slavery. I sent Moses and Aaron and Miriam to help you. Don't you remember, my people, how King Balak of Moab tried to have you curse and how Balaam, son of Beor, blessed you instead? And remember your journey from Acacia Grove to Gilgal when I, the Lord, did everything I could do to teach you about my faithfulness. What can we bring to the Lord? Should we bring him burnt offerings? Should we bow before God most high with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer him thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No, people. Listen to this man. The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Amen. Wow, is that amazing or what? I'm looking at that, I'm like, wow, man, God, you know, here's the challenge, church. You know, like, God is stating a a case against the nation of Israel. So all I got to do is look at your own history and see me. 
know where you are today and know that I'm your only hope. I have not put great requirements upon you. Now listen, as we consider this, God says, look, I, I have proved myself worthy of your obedience. I've proved myself to be who I say I am over and over again. Now simply do what I say. That's it. That's all he asked. Just simply do what I say. See, church, God is not asking us to do the impossible. He's calling us into a relationship with him that he himself has provided all that we need him, that he himself will lead us through, that he himself will deposit himself into us. Do you think he doesn't have a case against the church today that's not even doing what he asks when he talks to the nation of Israel and he's like, look, my, look at all that I've done. We read the scripture this morning. Justin read them to you. Why were we yet sinners? Christ died for us. Look back and understand that God loves you so much that he gave his life that you might live a new life with him. And now church, as we look at this, do you not think in the church, in this United States of America, that God doesn't have a case against us when he's calling to us and saying, people, I'm here, do what I say. And we're like, yes, God, we love you, but we're going to do it this way. Completely contrary to God's word. Completely contrary to the word. The Holy Spirit is convicting and leading us. And we're not following his ways in our life. Church, you know, we can blame everybody else's church. Let's stop for a moment. On the campuses, wherever you are online, everybody in the house. Let's stop looking at everybody else's issues and how bad they are. And begin to see my own obedience to what God is asking of me in my daily life. He's not asking us to do the impossible. The vast majority, if he's not calling us to Africa, man, he's just asking you to do what he's asking. See, the Holy Spirit knows the way to the narrow gate. Jesus died to lead you, not send you, not call you to, to lead you to the narrow gate. Huh, isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit's our guide. The Holy Spirit is calling us to do the will of the Father. He's asking us to surrender so that we can be on that narrow road that leads to that small gate. The Christian, now you got to hear me all the way through here. The Christian life is not hard, but the life in a sinful world is. See, walking with Jesus makes it easier in a sinful world. It doesn't remove any of the consequences of the damning effects sin has brought upon this place, except for our eternal soul. Amen. Other than that, we live in this broken world with everybody else. The difference is we have the Holy Spirit leading us in this mess, and that's what makes our life easier. We have it easier than the world. Amen. We have it much easier. I mean, Going through this stuff with our son having cancer and Kim and I, we were like, God, I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like if he wasn't serving you and if we didn't have you. What a hopeless mess we would be. Man, it's like, all right, you've got this. I don't care what I see and what I understand. I trust you. And there brings that peace and that burden is lifted because it's God's. He's God's. God has this, whatever's going on. So I look at the scriptures. I want to read it to you. Matthew 11, listen, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Oh man, you see, that's what we're doing when we're, yeah, 
all the names that God has laid upon our heart. Those people that are lost and in need of Jesus, they are heavy burden, and they're weak, and they're tired of the fight, and they need him. And he's calling. Isn't it amazing that he's calling through me and you? <laughs> and Jesus is like, I will give you rest. This is what he says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Amen. See, life itself can be difficult, heavy and challenging. It is, not can be, it is. There's moments where it's not. You need to celebrate those moments and if you're in one, like breathe it in, man, and celebrate because something's coming. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean that disrespectfully. It's life, right? If you live long enough, you know. It's just like this, man. You're just going, 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 and there's always another wave. Thank you, Jesus. You're amazing. See, but Jesus says he will come alongside of us and carry the load of life with us. So I will tell you right now, this last Tuesday was one of the hardest days I've ever had as a father. It was. Didn't expect anything. Took my son up to chemo uh, at the uh, Mayo Clinic and was there. And when I walked in, I was like, I hadn't been there since we had my brother there five years ago. We'd been in that place for months. Hadn't been there. Was not at all expecting to do anything. I just walked in the doors and it was all of a sudden like, so glad he ran ahead of me and he had to go and get the blood drawn because I was a wreck. I went over on the chair over there and I had to call my wife. I needed to hear her voice. I'm like, hey, I couldn't even speak. I'm like, wow, God, this is messed up. What's happening? <laughs> See, it's hard sometimes in life, but then there he is, right? All it took was like, Jesus, like, hey, here's a gift I gave you. It's your wife, and she's still with you. And it was just that moment of assurance of God that just came sweeping in. And he says, here I am. And God was there with us to carry us through that difficult day and whatever we face. And so here it is. See, it's like only one can lead. We're yoked to Jesus, but... If you don't know anything about that kind of stuff, a team, there's a leader and a follower, even if they're right next to each other. And they can't fight each other. There is an established leader and an established follower, and they pull together. And Jesus used this illustration because he was talking to a bunch of farmers that used this all the time. And even though we don't, I want you to know it's just as real in what he's saying to us. I don't know if they put your picture up there yet or not, but it's coming. If it's not there, there it is. So the reason I have this picture there, we're not getting stuck on horses. I can do that, but just listen. <laughs> this is what he's referencing when he talked about a yoke. See that those straps that are holding those two together, neither one of them can pull from each other. They're together. Now, the cool thing about this, man, it's God is so awesome. He, look, I'm going to tell you the average team of horses that are draft horses like this can pull 18,000 pounds on a dead pole. So what dead pole means there's no wheels. It's on the dirt. There's 18, that one right there, there's 18,000 pounds on that cart that the two of them are pulling together. Okay? That is three times what 
one of those horses could pull. You get that? Hook either one of those horses up, and then it can only pull a third of that weight. Don't remember, we've talked about this. That horse's brain's tiny. It doesn't do the math itself. It does not have the same ability on its own than it does when it's teamed up with a partner. And so Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, for it's easy. I'm going to carry you through. We're going to do things that you could never possibly do on your own. Now look, as we're talking about this, we're not talking about joining up with someone that is our equal, like the horses are. We're talking about us being teamed up with the creator of the universe who actually spoke and everything came into being. It's like, wow. I mean, I got chills just saying, I'm thinking about that, man. You know, there's nothing impossible with God. Amen. And he's teamed up with us. Amen. We don't deserve that. And he's willing to come alongside and be strapped to me. <laughs> Take me through everything I have to face in life. He's like, come on, we'll do this. Isn't he amazing? I mean, he's amazing. So just think, if two horses can pull triple, just think what can happen in us and through us by being yoked with the creator of the universe. I mean, just let that sink in. God, you're awesome. <laughs> now, I know that some of you weren't here last Sunday. Some of you didn't pay attention to the video message that was sent out this week. I already know all that, okay? I'm aware of how we have a problem with communication, all right? So I know that even when I'm speaking, some of us aren't hearing. I know that. So wake up. Please hear this part, all right? Right after the service last Sunday, I had people come. I already know the name. I'm like, no, you don't. You didn't listen. That's your name. That's who you want to see saved this month. We have to stop and listen to the Holy Spirit and say, who do you want me to speak to? Who are you calling me to? See, doing the will of the Father is the surrender in all things. See, everybody wants everybody saved. So does Jesus. So does God. It's his will. But who it is that God is bringing to my mind and my heart that he wants me to be intentional about reaching out to? So in regard to that current challenge that God, I want you to know this is not a creation of Dave. This is not my idea for church multiplication. I don't care about any of that. I mean that sincerely and humbly. What I care about is there's lost people that we're in contact with every day that don't know Jesus and we have not yet shared him with them. The statistics are still there. I shared them with you. More than six in ten people have not shared Christ with someone in their Christian life. So, God isn't asking us to do this on our own. He's not like, hey, go do this for me. Go save that person. Good grief. You can't. You know you can't. I can't. Couldn't save myself. How can I save everyone, anyone else? I'm a mess. They're a mess. It needs God to do it. All right, so we have to understand, church, that he's the only one that convicts. He's the only one that calls. He's the only one that can save. We're simply, listen, following his lead. Amen. <laughs> so I want you to know we're not at the end of the message. We have two action step series here. Just so we're not all packing up and getting ready to go to lunch. Listen, we're not done. 
See, our first response to what God is saying is we have to spend time in prayer. I'm talking about intentional prayer about this topic. This individual that God has laid upon our heart, and we are praying intentionally that God would make me consciously aware of what I need to do when. So what we're doing in that next step in that process, I'm praying about it. Now I've got to listen. You know how hard, you know how hard it is to listen. I know how hard it is to listen. I know. Okay, I realize that. But see, what we've got to listen for is the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And when to share what. I mean, it could be as simple as him saying, send a text to ask them how they're doing. I'm not giving you things to do. Do you understand? We're asking the Holy Spirit what to do. And so it could be that he wants you to just text them, good morning, I want you to know I am praying for you today. You don't have to say, I'm praying that you get saved and enter this. No, it could be just that I'm praying for you today. See, it can be a call on the phone, but if he's, text me. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, that's a personal issue I have. Just text me. Don't call me, all right? Anyway, let's move on. You may call you, ask you to call that person, then call them. He may want you to have a conversation with them. They may be right next to you at work, and you have yet to ever talk to them about Jesus in your life. Just listen. Holy Spirit will tell you. He may prompt you to pray with that person about something happening in their life. Because you see, everybody's got stuff going on. And many of us don't even know what's going on in their life. So we haven't taken the time to even ask. Because most of us are focused on what we're doing and what we have going on in our life. And we really wanna, don't want to get too personal with you. I like you over there. Jesus died for them. It's time to let down our guard and our boundaries. And allow him to speak to us in this. Okay, you understand, right? I don't need to do this. You know, there's going to be the moment that you need to share Jesus in some capacity. Because the goal is not to just bring them to church. You already know that, right? The goal is for you to lead them to Jesus and then let them come celebrate with you at church. I mean, they can get saved here. That's great. I want them to. But I'm saying, you know, let's do this, all right? So the, the scriptures we started with I hope that's a long song. I said I had two action steps, and there's a long... So, <laughs> just teasing. So, <laughs> the, the scriptures that we started with were to check our own salvation first, right? Am I walking the walk that God has called me to walk? You know what I'm saying? Like, you understand? I'm not asking you, are you perfect in every area of your life? Good Lord, none of us would ever share anything until we die, and then it's too late. It's saying, are you walking in full obedience to what you know God is talking to you about in your own life? So it's like, am I living that life that God has called me to live in this moment of my life with all that I know that he is speaking to me? The other part of the message that we just shared with you was to embrace God's call for a daily walk of obedience to him. Daily. Yes, Lord, I'm yours. And the Holy Spirit will guide us through that day. Every day. See, when I'm, I, as God's speaking this whole thing to me and bringing it out, I want you to know, I know this is God because he's been prepping us for this moment. Church, God has been setting us up for this month. He has. 
See, we've been asking you questions for over nine years. Are you reading God's word? Are you listening to what he's saying? Are you spending time alone with him? Do you know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you? Have you shared Jesus with someone? Are you bringing him to church with you? See, those questions that we're asking, God is bringing us to this moment. He's like, all right, we've been talking about this a long time. It's time to do something. And all of that is coming together in one moment (laughs) for the rest of our life. Yeah, but let's go here. See, the Holy Spirit is going to guide us and lead us. He's going to set them up, you know. (laughs) He does that. Like he sets you up, and he sets me up. Are you being obedient to him right now? See, before we ever write anyone else's name down, we need to make sure we're being obedient to him. Us. The last part of that message that we were looking at from God today is uh, to share this life with others. See, he didn't ask us to do it on our own, right? We know that. He's leading. He's the influence. He's the conversation. And he's the ultimate savior of their soul. In Matthew 28, you know the Great Commission. Listen, church, this is, all of this is based on the call that God has given to every believer. Jesus came and told his disciples, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Church, are you? Yes. I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. There it is. We're not going alone. We've got the authority with us. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Isn't that cool? So what he's saying is like, after we do the first process and part of this, we're going to have a baptism service to celebrate what God's done. So... The whole thing, if this is new to you, I want you to know, as we shared last Sunday, I'm sharing this with you again, that we're asking, who are you inviting to the table with you? In eternity, there's going to be a feast that's called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. And we have our place there if we're followers of Jesus Christ. But there are seats available. (laughs) And God wants to send an invitation through you and through me call those people to reserve their place and follow him. So who are you inviting? I pray, I've asked you all this week to listen to the Holy Spirit, pray about this, and then be ready to write their name on this wedding tablecloth right here. I have red Sharpies that are right here. They, you have it at the campus at Gospel Rescue Mission. They have one of these with those markers at Village of Oak Creek. They have one. We're planning for everyone to write a name that God has placed on you, not you've chosen. (laughs) It's the craziest thing. It took me two days to pray through my mind list. And like, is this the one? Is this the one? (laughs) This is the one, right? No, not till Friday did he show me. And it was no one I asked him about. (laughs) So see, what we're doing is We're going to come and we're going to write their name. Now, I just want you to do their first name. We're not trying to make anyone uncomfortable or anything. Just their first name. And write it down. 
And to see what we're going to do with this, we're going to take this cloth after the 11 o'clock service that's going to be draped over that cross over there. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We're claiming by faith that God is going to do something significant in these people's lives. They're going to hang it over the cross in Village of Oak Creek in their sanctuary. I'm going to get a picture of that. We're going to have those here. Gospel Rescue Mission Campus, you guys are writing your names and they're going to bring it over. We're going to hang that with ours up there. All right, so here's the deal. We're going to spend this entire month of August, well, not the entire month, all the way to 27th, the month of August and these days that we have in July still praying, seeking God, asking the Holy Spirit what, when, how to engage the person that he's laid on our heart. We're asking that God will save them. I mean, save them. Not just say, I believe. No, transformational belief, a life change by the power of the living God through us. You understand, we're not trying to get like a Salvation Sunday. We'll take one of those if that's what God does. You can invite him to church anytime you want to. You can talk about Jesus today. I don't, this isn't like wait till this day to share Jesus. I mean, we may not be here then. It's like following the leading of the Holy Spirit because the idea is that on August 27th, we're going to pull those names and those, that tablecloth down, going to lay it out. We're going to have communion on that table. And we're asking God to allow us to bring that person to the table with us. Physically here, and if they're online, like we'll, we'll let them know. They can set up communion at their house, and you can virtually be with them coming to the table. I don't care. This is about the kingdom of heaven, not about us. And so we're asking God to do this. Let's pray, church. Let's believe. Let's be obedient to what God is calling us to do. Also remember, it's not our work. It's his. We're just the faithful laborer in the kingdom. And let God do his thing. First and foremost, your relationship with Jesus is what matters this morning. Are you ready? Do you have it right? If you don't, let's start there. If you do, you've been listening and you know I'm going to invite you before you leave. We've got a bunch of markers. Just come up and write it, okay? Would you stand with me, church? Father God, as we come to you right now, we open this altar to you, Lord. For any and all that you are speaking to about their own walk with you, their own obedience, to know that we're walking with you, that we have surrendered, we're trusting, and we're acting in obedience. And God, I just want to say thank you for laying those people in our heart that you died to save, Lord. And we're asking you now, Holy Spirit, <laughs> pursue them relentlessly. Make them miserable in their sin. Let them cry out to you. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, lips to speak, hands to touch, and feet to go. In full obedience, God, we pray. In Jesus' name, Lord, thank you. Altars open, tables ready, please come. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus.